Here we are. They said this day wouldn't come. This league sucks. They did, but here we are. Hello. Here we are. The podcast sucks too. Who's that guy? Is that guy? Uh, that guy still in the league, or is that? Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure. It doesn't seem like he is though, with the team he trots out every season. But we he does attend. He does. I mean, he attends. He he finishes drafts for for friends. For friends, I mean, and for the best, uh, you know, from my understanding, he's he puts his all into finishing those drafts for his friends. Like this is this is real. Like he's going out there saying, "Give me Mike Tolbert, rest of the money." Like here's ten dollars, twenty dollars money. He doesn't even have. You know, like how much money can we start dipping into free agent money so that Mike Tolbert can be purchased? That's uh, you know, that's that's what friends are for. True, very true. And it's interesting. Speaking of friends, uh, here we are. You know, the two of us on the seventh uh, of September, so twenty three days prior to, I guess, National Podcast Day, and um, I just know it's just the two of us in here in this uh, Discord chat room. So uh, a lot of anyone's invited me. Yeah, anything. <laughs> no, we we invited you. We invited everyone. Let's do the roll call here. Uh, John L. Uh, <laughs> the, the walking joke. I mean, Mr. Uh, Lewandowski, uh, they said last year was a fluke. And, you know, we'll see if that holds true because, um, you know, he had a toilet seat named after him. And it's going to have to prove that a second year before he can get that name off of there. Now that uh, Jeff Tyler has... Uh, has kind of gone off into the sunset. Yeah, I mean, it was it was sad to see Tyler go, but but we definitely welcome back Tyson Max. Yeah, Max is back. The return of the Max. Crickets. <laughs> but yeah, Max is back, and they actually, uh, he's him and Marcus swung a deal right before. Uh, opening day, you know, right before the uh, primetime kickoff, which I should say, third quarter, 21-17, Stephon Gilmore just roasted by Tyreek Hill for a long touchdown. And uh, Marcus and Tyson made a trade. Um, Montgomery for, your thoughts? For Chris Hogan. I mean, listen, Tyson, Tyson needed a running back. Absolutely. Absolutely. He had one, just barely, just barely one. And Hogan right now is actually, it looks like he's being used as back as he has uh, three carries for 17 yards and um, no catches yet on three targets. So my feeling is that this is going to be really what we're going to see from New England every every week here. They have so many weapons. They, they have five guys running, including a receiver. They're throwing catches to everybody. Amendola this week is looking hot, but, you know, next week it could be Hogan. The other week it could be Cooks. I mean, who the hell knows? Could be Burkhead. I mean, let's – Dwayne Allen? I mean, who knows? I mean, Brady could be playing running back. Probably. You never know. I mean, he has one carry, negative one yards. And uh, I see uh, Tom Franklin, another person who's notorious for uh, requesting podcasts. 
texting uh, in a Facebook group for the Franz League. Right. Um, really, I mean, he's carried over $75 uh, from that league in the free agency. And here he is screaming for a podcast, just screaming for it. Just memes are being posted, you know, just ragging on when these things are being recorded. And he is posting gibberish in a group with where really no one's even responding to him. I mean, it's, it's just, he's, he's, he's just talking into a, uh, into a void essentially. So, so Tom, you know, we're, you know, we're waiting for you. Right. Frank. So Tom, John L. Um, and of course, let's, uh, how could we ever forget Edward Casper's act? The human being. Just, we're doing this for them. Yeah. This is this is for them, and uh, you know, uh, thank you guys for your participation. So uh, tables have turned. You know, uh, you can't really complain here. Uh, this is this 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 is on you. So you know, a few, quite a few things to go over. We'll review the teams here. Go through the um, fantasy football fantasy pros breakdown. They analyzed the auction and they sent back the. Uh, the breakdown and how everyone did, where they project everybody to be. And then, of course, we didn't forget the letter. The Sean letter. Hopefully someone else will join us by the time that letter's read. We'll see. You know, it might just be here, the two of them. Um, you know, again, this unscripted, unfiltered, we just throw, throw it on here. I'm talking into an iPad right now, so I'm not sure how this is going to sound. Uh, again, if anybody has any complaints, then you know what? Uh, throw some money in for a microphone. <laughs> and and then this is what we can do. You know, that's uh, that's all I can tell you. You, uh, This is a gift to the league, a beautiful gift for this beautiful league. Well, you know what? Let's, let's get started. Let's run down uh, a couple major players for, for each team yes. as we look towards this season. Absolutely. And what better way to start maybe than um, with the champion, the, the defending champ, making fantasy great again, Mr. Jesse Swanson. And let's take a look. So bringing up his roster and basically, you know, we can point out a couple impact players and maybe one guy who could be a reach. And I see here, um, Looking at the starting lineup right now, Amendola's playing. So that was that was that was a clever little move Jesse did there. So that's that's a move a defending champion actually would make. So that's something Eddie Kasperzak would know absolutely nothing of. So he could take notes here. You know, when he listens in, he hopefully has a pen and paper here. He can uh, get that notepad out. He could start writing a little list out because Amendola is putting up some points right now and. With uh, with him, with that second running back, because, again, my impact player for Swanson, obviously, Le'Veon Bell, he gives you the production, ideally, of two running backs, at least one and three quarters for, like, a good running back. And he's going to need it because his running back, two is Mike Tolbert. Mike Tolbert. Mike Tolbert. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Michael Tolbert. So that was a gift from good friend Eddie. So 
honestly, Swanson gets, you know, I know he said there's no mulligan, but I would give Swanson a little bit of a mulligan because he has that Eddie Casper's that stink on his team and in the form of Mike Tolbert. That's polluted his roster, I believe. Yeah, it's 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 rough. But uh again, Bell Bell offsets a decent amount of that. Yes. Now, are there any other impact players you kind of see on this uh on this roster when you take a look at it? Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh we we talked about it before we started recording, but Jordy Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, are we getting a healthy primed Jordy who finished fourth last year? And again, two years ago also was a top five wide out. But the year, of course, when I won the championship, as we all remember, a little something different happened to Mr. Nelson. That's true. And, uh, you know, maybe just so everyone can relive it, because I know it is uh... Uh, a bit of a long clip. We'll we'll put it at the end of the podcast. Absolutely, that's fair. Because there's some returning people, some new people. So yes, you know we will have to share a little piece of MOL history. So Nelson and Bell, I think, are the key players. Cousin should be should be a good asset for Swanson. But I think that stink, that Eddie Castro's ex stink, is really going to stand in his way to repeat because. Mike Tolbert's basically replacing 18 touchdowns that LeGarrette Blunt gave him. And I don't blame Jesse for not keeping Blunt because I don't think he's coming anywhere near those numbers in Philly. But, oh, my God, man, like there needs to be a second running back. I mean, ideally one with a with a pulse. So, I mean, we'll see what happens in the weeks to come. But, you know, I might have to maybe offer one of those Patriots running backs to uh, – to Jesse, maybe one of the white guys to uh, fill this Caucasian lineup is mostly Caucasian offense, actually. Um, That's true. So, so maybe he'd be interested in, in moving Bell for a white guy. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, like I said, uh, white man's burden. Perfect. Uh, as we as we move down the line in the uh, Steve DeLugo's division. The the next team on our list here is the team that I'm facing off against this this week, uh, Sean Farrell, and the uh, the San Diego Chargers. Oh, what do you see when you look at this team? Uh you know what? I'll be honest. I'm scared of this team. Terrified. There's some weapons there. There absolutely are. <laughs> No, really, there are. As as I look at his his top players, I mean, they're they're clearly Brady and and McCoy. Yes, he's he's got a, a top. As I look at the the ESPN position rank, uh, well, let's say from last season. I mean, they have Brady at at rank number fourteen. Which yeah, and he missed Brady. ridiculous for Brady, right? Yeah, so that's and, like Brady missing a quarter of the year. And they have McCoy at, at four. Now, McCoy, we we saw, I believe it was yesterday, uh, yes. that Bill said they're going to uh, put him in on every play uh, if yeah. they need to. Yeah. So are they, they're, they're going to either run McCoy into the ground this year. 
Yeah, I think they will. They even gave him those incentives. They added some incentives into his contract to maybe <clears throat> encourage him to go along with being run into the ground right. before he's discarded at the end of the season. Absolutely. Like a filthy diaper, regardless of his stats, I think. I mean, I think he can set the world on fire. I mean, and unless he's getting 2,000 yards, he could even finish with 1,500, and I still feel like the team will we'll try to find a way to – see if they can move him for an asset or just move on entirely. But for now, I absolutely see him being the focal part of not only the Bills offense, but Sean Farrell's offense too. Yeah, absolutely. And then my, uh, my, my kind of question mark for him yeah. would be Fitzgerald. I mean, how, how much more does he have left? True. True. And for me, <clears throat> I think, I think Jonathan Stewart, you know, another veteran player who is going to start seeding touches to uh, McCaffrey. And, uh, you know, he was 31th or 31th, uh, 31st. He was 31. 31. He was 31st for uh, his position. So that in a 16 team league would qualify him for a low end running back too. And I just don't see those numbers duplicated. And he could be looking at maybe a seven or six point guy, meaning Woodhead, he's going to have to hope stays healthy. And I feel Woodhead kind of transitions into that number two, and maybe like a Gio Bernard will enter in as a slot player. But um, it's going to be, I feel like Stewart or Fitzgerald, one of those guys just won't be able to replicate what they did last season. Yeah, makes sense. And taking a look at number three, the injured reserve list, Mr. Steve Blanker. So, you know, Blanker kind of looking at his roster here. Um, running back, for me, in ter- well, his position of strength is obvious. It's Rodgers and Brock. I mean, we're looking at quite possibly, I know they were both ranked number two last year, but in my opinion, I mean, this is the best quarterback in fantasy and this is the best PPR receiver in fantasy. And you're looking at practically 55 points between the two of them, which is pretty ridiculous. Those are obviously his two studs. But for the running backs, for me, big time question mark. I mean, we're looking at Coleman, who fell uh, Freeman. We're looking at Vereen, who is probably a third down running back at best. Jeremy Hill can is just so inconsistent. Chris Carson, I feel like at the end of the year could be something, but you know, how long will that take? And then we have Orleans Darkwa, who, you know, I, I don't expect a lot. I, I, I He has him connected to the Marines, so I get it, but I, I don't see him setting the world on fire. And finally, Alex Collins, who, to my best understanding, is uh, on the Ravens practice squad at the moment. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. And, and again, he's... Uh, you know, like we talked about with, with Jesse and Bell, he's got enough in Rodgers and Brown to probably make up for for one of the yeah. running backs, maybe, maybe half a running back. And uh, some of these other guys are, are going to have to step up this season. Yeah, Cooks will be a guy where I just almost feel like all these Patriots players it's almost going to be like a roulette wheel. Like they're going, there's going to be weeks where these guys maybe don't do a lot. And then other weeks where they explode. And, you know, I forgot, I don't think I mentioned Alvin Kamara too, who's a 
uh, another third down running back likely for the Saints. A good rookie, promising rookie, but right now he's being flexed by Blanker. So I truly feel like, I, I mean, it's a, a very solid roster. I mean, Bowman at linebacker, there's definitely a lot to like here, but I feel like those running backs ultimately are going to hold him back from having like long-term success because I just think that I, I don't know if any of them will be able to break out. And I think the best breakout candidate in Chris Carson, I just don't know how long it's going to take before he is able to actually break out. Like, will it matter in terms of fantasy? I mean, we're we looking at week 12, you know, like how, what will Blanker's record be? But Brown and Brown and Rogers cooks there too, as a nice wide receiver too. And Bowman to head his linebacker core should certainly make him a, a playoff contender. I feel. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as we're here, Gillisley has just scored, I believe his second touchdown of the, uh, of the game. Oh, that actually, that's his uh, third touchdown. Third touchdown. Perfect. Telling you, I think he's getting like 16 or 18 touchdowns this year as, uh, as the goal line back. And, and I know we'll get to it when we get to the teams, but I understand what Greg was doing in, in collecting youth, but I don't know. Like, as you, you know, we'll get to my roster too. It's a bunch of running backs on the bench, but. I, I just, for me, I, I just, I hold them to such a premium that I, I just hesitate to, to want to trade them unless I'm getting like another running back or some kind of top 10 wide receiver, assuming it's a relatively decent running back in return. Yeah. And I mean, though, you, you mentioned it, it's, it's the, it's the roulette in New England. Uh, yes. He has three touchdowns now. Uh, he may not see another touchdown for another four weeks. It, it, absolutely. It's an, it's entirely possible. I mean, um, I, I think he will be kind of the goal line guy, but you just never know. You know, Burkhead only has one carrier. So we could see Burkhead getting more touches next week. We could see Brady throwing more, although I feel like they're not going to throw it. I mean, they've, they've run the ball so far. We're five minutes uh, left in the third, 24-21 Patriots. And there's 27 care rushes for New England and 25 passes. And I truly feel like we're going to see more of a split like this. I don't think, maybe this is like one of my bold predictions, If I guess if you want to call it bold. I don't think that Brady's going to be a top five fantasy quarterback because I think they're going to try to conserve him and save him up for the another Super Bowl push. They have the weapons to do it. Interesting. I, I, based on today's play, I could see that as well. I, I, I think I never expect a, a bad season from Brady. I, I said he was one of, one of Farrell's top players. I, I still yep. believe it. Um, but, but him being out of the top five is, is interesting. And, and the, the offense today, I, I mean, may, may warrant that. We'll, we'll see at, uh, you know, our next podcast, which will be the end of the season. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know what? So, so moving on to our next team, this this individual has decided that this is his year. It's his year, and uh, and and this is Jake's, Mister uh, Bell. So, so as I as I look at Jake's team, yeah, uh, David Johnson stands right out, the uh, number one running back uh, from last season. Uh, and then you know what? My my other key player for his team. I think this is the first time we're going D, uh, would be Khalil Mack. I mean, he averaged 
17.6 points last year. Yeah. That's um, that's better than the only one better would be Johnson and, and the quarterback, obviously. Right. That's, that's, that, that's the, the bank on this team. And we've seen it before. Uh, and, and I was, uh, you know, I know Greg was, was hyped about uh, the IDPs and, and yes. these, these players, they will put up uh, running back numbers. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. and we talked about how uh, looking at auction prices uh, for specific defensive players with defensive players, it's, it's a little weird because names get, get bitted up. Yep. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be scoring fantasy points. That's true. I mean, you see sometimes some of the hometown team players get picked and some of them are viable, but there's others that I think are just picked just based on people recognizing their name. And yes, you're going to have, you're going to have the, um, players, you know, such as Keekly Watt, people like people that are obviously big name players, both on paper in the real NFL and fantasy, everything like that. But you're going to have guys that maybe don't recognize unless you're kind of a football junkie or unless you really get specifically into researching these players that can actually perform well for you. But Jake has, I mean, like he's looking at big name. I mean, this is like a big name defense. This is, you know, Keekly, Watt, Mac. Remember Keekly and Watt were hurt last year. So yeah. their averages, especially Watts, you know, 1.9 points, I mean, that's reflective of only a couple of games. And Keekly missed time, too. So when these guys are healthy, Watts set basically the season average record. He was, like, at 21 points. And Keekly, you know, would be at, like, 16 to 18 points, maybe even 19. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy when you when you think about that. That's, that's like, top five of any position, you know, minus the quarterback's. But that's my thing with Jake, like in terms of maybe his weakness, he's pretty balanced. I mean, you can point to maybe depth at wide receiver. I like Tyreek Hill a lot. He's obviously putting on a clinic at the moment, um, having roasted uh, Gilmore. So he's, he's going to be fine, but it falls off dramatically. I mean, we're looking at Martellus Bennett. Solid tight end, but in a league where a tight end's not required, they're very rarely ever put into the lineup. Macklin, okay. I mean, I think he'll be okay with Baltimore, but I don't see him setting the world on fire. Sneed's out for a few games. Galladay, I like as a rookie, actually, coming along for Detroit. But again, I don't think he's going to make anyone forget Calvin Johnson anytime soon. So for me, aside from maybe some surprisingly strong safeties, on Jake's team, yeah, both on his starting lineup with Burnett and in his bench. I mean, this is razor thin for Jake. Like, his best players are all starting. And if if he were to lose a player, I mean, it's going to be tough. Like, you know, who does he put in? He, does, he doesn't even have a second quarterback right now. And his current quarterback in Eli Manning had a, by practically two points lower per game than his running back. Yeah, and you know what though we've talked about the the down for the running back too. He's got two strong running backs in in David Johnston and Jordan Howard. Yes, I agree. Like that's probably could very well be the best tandem of running backs in fantasy in this league right now. To have two top 
nine running backs here in a 16-man uh, team just shows you that sometimes the rich get richer and, you know, the poor, well, the poor are known as Eddie Kasperzak. Oh, speaking of poor, uh, let's, let's look at the fat Andy Dalton's. Thank you. Let's, let's just, you know, I, I look at this team and he has Gillis. The, I like, no, we are, we're, we're getting there doing Yeah. Patience. I like Gillis a lot. Um, like I said, I think he's going to basically be their blunt, their goal line back, a guy that as long as they're in that red zone, he's going to get his share of touches. He may not get touches outside of the red zone, but I think he's going to get consistent touches week in and week out in the red zone. And then outside of the red zone, it could be, you know, a, a roulette wheel. But Henry's, I feel like Henry's going to be like the guy next year. So this year, you're starting him, you know, let's hope for the best. Zeke, again, who knows what's going to happen there. He was a top, top two. I think he's a stud, obviously, but we just don't know. So eventually, if he has to serve that full suspension and it's this year, that's tough because if that suspension goes into effect next week, he's basically goes, he finishes after the bye. He's coming back in week nine. So, you know, could Duhan be two and seven at that point or? one and eight. And if that's the case, then you have to look seriously to shop Zeke for some kind of keeper potential going into next year. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. And Carson Wentz, I just, I don't know, you know, 16 teams, I get it. You're going to have to have guys like this, but he's waiting on Andrew Luck and if Luck's not coming back anytime soon, then I, I just don't know if Carson Wentz being a viable quarterback to, to count on and Watkins playing for a contract, but he has an injury history. I don't know. I, I look at this team and I think Gillis fantastic. And I almost feel like he has three touchdowns, right? Now. So maybe you try to sell high on him, even though I, again, I feel like he's a 15 or 16 touchdown guy here. But I feel like you're going to try to sell high on him in, in the hopes of maybe getting two or three guys. Who knows? My brother, you know, has a bunch of guys on this bench. So I, I'm sure Chuck may be reaching out with offers after week one. It, it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me either. Uh, you know, he is he is our next team to to look at. Uh, he's, he's coming for Tyson Max. That's right. And, and as I look, uh, you know, at his roster – uh, he's got McCaffrey, yes. Uh, who who will be interesting this season? Yes. Um, I, I look at maybe maybe like a, a T. Y. Hilton to see again too. Uh, you know he's he's a, a top five running back. Yep. Uh, Lux out for a while. Or top five receiver. Right? Uh, yeah, top yep. five receiver. Yep. Lux Lux out. Um, how effective is he going to be this season and when is he going to be effective? Yep. Uh, kind of in the, the same breath as, as Eli Manning, he's got Flacco at his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Jordan Reed, who he'll be shopping every single week. Without question. Um, 
you know, and then as I, I look into his, his defense, uh, they, they look weak compared to, yeah. to what we've looked at, but, but IDPs are, are where it's tough. I mean, the, the sure. averages from last season are, are misleading. Uh, yes. A lot. Um, so I, I definitely think that, uh, Chuck will be reaching out, uh, to, to help, to help do hung, uh, with his, with his running back situation. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, and looking at Chuck's team, I mean, you could, you could actually say this is a garbage can defense. I mean, in a way, um, Sheldon Richardson on Seattle, I like, and he could surprise there. That's a strong defense. He's had some great games. He's not a guy that gets a lot of sacks. He only had one and a half last year, but he can get a really consistent, uh, he's a consistent tackler. He gets his seven, seven, six, seven, eight, six. It's really a nice stat line for a defensive uh, lineman there um, to kind of have lower end linebacker numbers in terms of his tackles. So that's good. But my thing is, and Kelp kind of did this a little bit last year, where he's kind of like his defense is probably going to be a rotating door for most of the year unless he tries to land a big guy. But I think the problem is here is that he has too many skill players right now. So he does. Look, I mean, I, I look through his starting lineup, but but looking at his bench, I mean you could start a good like you could give these guys to Duhan the three wide outs, flexing one of them, and give him Abdullah and Crowell. And I'd argue it's better than what Duhan's bringing as a starting lineup today. Yeah, I mean, he's got Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams. Uh, Keenan Mark, Allen. Keenan Allen. Crowell. Look, that's a, that's uh, a wide receiver one, two. That's like two wide. That's a wide receiver one and two wide receiver twos, and they're on the bench right now. And it's, I mean, yeah, he's going to have options. He'll have protection, you know, if, if there's injury. But... I think and I'd have to I'd have to think too based on what we're looking at. Uh, he's got Diggs in his starting lineup. I'd have to assume that that someone else gets gets moved into that flex spot, but you never know. Yeah, I think he's going to play it by matchup. So Saints typically they they aren't known for their defense. So I think at the moment with having six guys, you're you're basically playing the matchup. So like I look at who he has sitting. Okay, home at Seattle, good defense for Adams. Robinson at Houston. Jags, they're, they're, they're not known to do well against Houston. At Denver for Keenan and Allen, that's a smart sit, I feel. And then you look at who's starting. Okay, Philly for Reed. New Orleans for Diggs. Hilton, I don't really know. I mean, the Rams, I think, have a, a an underrated defense, and I just don't trust their quarterback. I mean, he's Tolzien is probably the bottom three and because he's not a starter. He's, he, he's a backup. And I don't expect him to set the world on fire. And Hilton's predicated on on getting big plays. And I think Reed and Diggs make sense for their matchup. And I almost feel like you roll the dice and try to put one of those three guys in there, or even maybe consider Abdullah at home against Arizona in the Dome and try to bring out three running backs. But he also has even Moncrief there. So, I mean, where he has four receivers – and three running backs. He has Crowell. He could flex Crowell if he wanted to. It's a tough Pittsburgh team, but it's it's at home at least. And I think right now, Chuck's known for making, as we all know, a lot of bold offers. You know, he's 
he's consistently looking to make deals and to improve his team. And sometimes deal just for the sake of the deal, you know, the art of the deal. But right now, I think even he realizes he doesn't really have a lot of leverage at the moment because at least as of week one, everyone's healthy. You know, again, that's going to change immediately, you know, after week one, it always happens. And, you know, you knock on something that it's, you know, doesn't impact like any of our teams or whatever, but it will happen. And obviously he can package, like he could put together some crazy packages. Say here's Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen and Crowell. Could you trade me Jordan Howard? And a guy like Jake, who honestly, you'd really have to consider that because Jake could then take Tyreek Hill and flex him, start Robinson and Allen, and then use Crowell to replace Howard. But he might look and say, well, I don't want to help Chuck there, the strength in him, because then Chuck could take McCaffrey and flex him, start Howard and Gurley. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of trade negotiations, a lot of back and forth, a chess game going on right now that as the weeks progress and people start dropping off, that's where Chuck's going to have to then take the upper hand and say, look, you know, you lost the guy, you lost two guys, you're competing here. I have four wide receivers on my bench. I'll give you two of them and another guy, you give me this guy. And then you have to make a decision if you're willing to do that. And I truly think that you have to consider it because my God, Devontae Adams was a top 10 receiver. Crowell was a top 13 running back. They're sitting on the bench. So again, those two guys alone are better than a lot of team starters. And it's just going to be very interesting to see what Chuck ends up doing, who he ends up eventually moving. Because I can't see this roster being anywhere near the same by the end of the year. No, I I can't see this being anywhere near the same in the next two weeks. Yeah, I would agree. Or even in the next month. I mean, there has to be some radical changes as soon as week one. And I truly feel that Gillisey is going to be inquired about without question. And, and again, that might be Duhon's chance to say, hey, give me Crowell, Adams, and Allen or whatever, and I'll give you Gillisey and another guy, and they kind of go from there. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on, on that. Yeah. Let's see now. Taking a look next, we have, you know, so somebody was coming for Tyson Max. But I don't know who's going to be coming for Orenthal, James Simpson, you know, Mr. Michael Klopp, the Wizard of Wind. So, you know, I've, I've taken taken a look at this team here that you that you're bringing out, and you know, we have Julio and Dez, and there were some people that you know were whispering, did he maybe pay too much? You know, if he's not going to have that much money to draft with. But at the end of the day, it's like it's like with anything, you know, when when a and God, this is turning back the hands of time here but it's like when you go would go down the media play and you would take down you would bring dvds or cds to trade in and you could be bringing a classic movie that happened to be out for a few years and they might only give you like two or three dollars for it to get something nowhere near as good because it's brand new because it has wrapping paper you know it has cellophane on it and i feel like look you filled needs it's not like you were throwing money in at garbage players you know like these were very viable players and you could offset it by having jay ajaye at at really uh, an amazing price about ten dollars and you can pair him off with hyde and then cream hunt who i was extremely high on he was my backup plan if i wasn't able to trade up into the top three or four 
which I was able to do. And I started aggressively pursuing that trade because I started getting nervous because this was even before Ware was injured. But I started thinking there's no way that I'm going to be able to, to land Hunt where I am. I think I was at 11. I go, I don't think he's going to fall that far. And that's really going to put me in a situation I don't want to be in. So I better jump up. And I wanted to take a flyer on Dalvin Cook. But I really like Kareem Hunt a lot. I think he's going to outperform a couple of those running backs taken in front of him. I, I could see him outperforming Mixon. I could see him, you know, I could see him being right in line with Cook or even above him. I could see him even outperforming Fournette possibly because I like the Chiefs better as a football team. And the Jags, I feel, are just uh, kind of a tire fighter right now. I don't trust their quarterback. And I feel like I don't want anybody on the team, even Allen Robinson, who I think is probably their best asset, at least in the now. I think Fortnite, obviously, the guy from a dynasty standpoint. But again, I, I'm not really going high on anybody. You got Ben there. You know, you got uh, the old burger is, is, is there. So I think he's, he's just fine. And, and the defense says, I like Shazir a lot. I'm bidding for him. I think he could be a top five linebacker this year. Cyphron is always, he finished number two as a safety, he always produces. I think he was on Jacksonville last year. He's on a better Tennessee team now. So I, I like Jatavis Brown. You know, I expect him to be even better this year. I, I think there's a lot to like here. And um, in terms of, you know, like the week, obviously Roethlisberger needs to stay upright because I'm not high at all on Jared Goff. I know there wasn't a lot there for you to pick from afterwards. And Obviously, Hightower, I, I don't even think he's on the team anymore. So that's a situation where, you know, you'll likely just replace him with somebody else. But all in all, I mean, I think it's a, it's a really balanced team. I mean, it, like, what do you like best about the team? I guess, what do you feel most confident in when you look at your roster? Uh, I'm, I'm most confident in the, the running back position because of Ajay. And yeah. uh, honestly, even with Hyde, I mean, I know he, he finished – 20 for for the season uh, you know his average was was 12 points last season um but he was reliable um he he's he's got a, a few games that he uh did not i'm assuming if i recall correctly did not play that yeah. are, that are reaching into that um you know the 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 games that he played in. I mean, his lowest was was one point four, but but that wasn't the norm. Um, sure. So uh, my 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 biggest concern is is Des Bryant. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. We we talked pre draft and 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 my initial strategy before swinging the uh, the trade with with Chuck was to was to keep. Uh, Ajay and Hyde and throw whatever I needed to at Antonio Brown. Yes. Yes. And then just fill out the rest of the roster with whatever I had left and bringing in Bryant and Julio for what I would have paid max on Brown uh, allowed me to, to, to bring in some other players, not have to, to spend a dollar for everyone else. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, I think it keeps you more balanced. And I think really as long as your two core receivers stay healthy, there's really no reason for you to make a, a, a bounce back into the postseason kind of coming off 
you know, a very, un, you know, unorthodox, unusual, like down season. So I think it could be a really strong return to form there. Hunt just, uh, just ran for his second touchdown. There we go. So, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I just, I like what I, I just, I, I like Hunt a lot. I mean, I like what I'm seeing there out of him a lot. And, you know, he has a receiving touchdown. And then- oh, you know what? Actually, this, this was a receiving touchdown as well. So then the score would be... We're checking in here. Let's see, do yeah, let's mind. let's update because that that uh, that was a fairly long pass. I mean, he's up to thirty three point one points right now. Jesus, yeah, that's and just to now imagine. So you have a Jaya coming back next week off of that wacky buy. You have Hyde still there. I mean, it's you have the two stud receivers, Big Ben, Shazier. I mean, it's it's a strong team and. You know, Han has 72 yards, 94 receive. I mean, it's he I, I believe he's going to be the bell cow. And again, it was a a huge pickup, a smart move to grab him at five. Um, 78 yard pass. So I, I think it was a smart thing to do. Whereas a lot of people thought you were gonna still have to go Corey Davis, even though you had your two receivers taken. I, I think it was fantastic. They just held firm and said, you know what? I have my wideouts already. I'm going to get the running back now. And hey, this is against New England, um, you know, the defending champs, and he's lighting them up right now. Right. And honestly, I I had uh, no plans on, on playing Hunt uh, anytime this, this season up until the uh, – to the wear injury. Yeah. Uh, Hunt, Hunt was not in my mind as, as anyone that I would be using this year. He was in my mind as a replacement for uh, Hyde going back into the draft next year. Yeah. And that makes sense. Like somebody to say, you know what, I'm going to get my running back for next year now, hope for the best. And like, this is really like, this is couldn't play out any better with him just scoring and, and being a weapon. And he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to be highly desired. Expect, I'm sure Chuck offers will be flowing in with numerous wide receivers. Or running yeah, maybe back. maybe he'll offer me Allen Robinson and Jordan Reed. <laughs> Robinson, Reed, Abdullah, and Crowell, or Hunt and Julio. I mean, like, that's just something that I'm kind of guessing with. But I, I almost feel like, I, you know, you will send me a text and that trade will come to fruition there. At least the offer. I don't think that's going to be accepted, though. All right. Enough about me. Let's talk about Tyson Max. Thank you. Uh, be scared, Chuck. He's back. He's back. Now, uh, poof. So... Uh, his his top two. I'm, I'm going to go Prescott coming off a, a, a great rookie season, uh, high average uh, as as your quarterback should be, uh, and then uh, uh, let's let's just for the sake of argument, let's put Montgomery at his at his second now. Montgomery is is interesting to me this season. He he was interesting last season. Uh, he kind of got tossed into that running back role because they had no other choice. Yes. Uh, th- this year they they have him 
as, as their running back. They, they prepared uh, for the season with him as, as their running back. Uh, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how him playing that role for part of last season and, and preparing to actually play the running back position this year, uh, what that does for him. I mean, he finished 33rd uh, last season. Yes. In that, in that odd role that they had him play. Yeah, and it was – and he really didn't – he only carried more than 10 times once in week 15. He had a monster. I mean, 162 yards. Um, he had 10 catches twice in week six and seven. And he really wasn't utilized for the first, like five weeks of the season. So it, it's, it's just very, very interesting. So I think he's more of a running back two, um, possibly running back one, if he can pass protect and still catch his passes there and do his thing. But again, it was a great, I mean, Tyson needed to get him because he was counting on McFadden. And what's, what will be good for him is you see Tyson's uh, flex spot is um, blank right now. So what will, actually it's going, he landed Cooper Cup. So just for, just a quick little segue, just to break in our free agent moves went through for the day. And in terms of the auction report, um, Alpha Mutton, Jordan Hicks, Nigel Braddon, and McKinnon for Frank Lamont, Kerwin Williams for Greg, Simeon for Frank Obiak. My God. Um, I got Vincent Ray there for two bucks, and then Tyson Landon Cooper Cup. So, an interesting receiver. So, it looks like he'll be flexing Cup this week. And think about if he lands, um, when he gets McFadden back. I mean, that's going to be nice there, too. He'll have McFadden to plug in at flex, assuming Zeke misses some time, that could be six games potentially. Yeah, that's that true. I mean, three running backs. Right. And his, and his defense, I, I, I mean, he's got Levante. He, yes. he has Sue. Um, Clowney. Yeah. So, like so he's comes a lot as a rookie. I think you get a lot of tackles. He was awake as a pass rusher. So this, this, uh, Odd first first season or first week by week through threw off a lot of his team, but uh, it'll also be nice since he's loaded with Miami players to get it out of the way too. True, and even with the one buck in Levante, so he's going to essentially have five guys that will just be there for him, including two wideouts, two defenders. Um, he, you know, he he's going to be oh actually three defenders. And he'll generally be set for the rest of the way. So, you know, he's playing a tough Chuck team. And I know, obviously, he's thirsting, just just thirsting for this victory. But unless, I mean, who knows? Anything can happen, you know. But, you know, right now, at least he, he has his two running backs to give him a chance. And who knows? Cooper Cup, I mean, rookie. It's uh, Indianapolis. They're not known for being a good defensive team. You just don't know. I mean, he, he could get a few catches, get him 10, 10 points or so. And we could be seeing an upset alert. I mean, anything that happened here as evidenced by Alex Smith, basically turning into Tom Brady in this, uh, in this Kansas city, uh, new England game. Um, listen guys, it's, it's happening. It's, this is this is it. This is real right now. Speaking of surprises, 
Uh, why don't we Why don't we take a step over uh, to the Danny Shirelli League? Yes. And, uh, why don't we look at John L? John Hacker. No, Marcus. He's he, he, this is he's this is year three of John L. So we'll see who's the real John L. The man who had his name adorned a filthy used. I mean, that's real. Um, allegedly cleaned toilet seat that Tom Franklin on. He said he baptized the seat, whatever that means. It's just, just utter filth. And looking at his team here, first thing I want to say, so he has four running backs. And it's good to have running backs, but I feel like there's a possibility that he is, or he's, what am I saying? He's five running backs. I feel like there's a possibility that he has no running backs. I mean, Kelly, I could see bench. West, maybe is the most consistent guy, and that's kind of frightening. Paul Perkins, I don't like anybody in New York's backfield right now. Peterson, okay, you know what? I could see him getting a fair split with Ingram, but I don't know. Peterson looked old last year. He didn't play a lot, but we'll see. I mean, New Orleans is in the Dome, at least, should be nice. And then Jamal Charles, who, again, you know, if you're, if you're counting on Jamal Charles in 2017, then then you need to talk to Jeff Tyler here. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, we, we went into the draft, and uh, a lot of running backs were kept. Yeah. A lot of them were kept by John L. Yes. But you have to wonder what uh, – well, I guess the, the pool was so thin that that – even if a guy like Jamal Charles was was put into the mix, mm-hmm. he he would have got it up. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I to a point. Yeah, I, well, Peterson for sure. Yeah, um, maybe and, and Charles too. Like, there's no way Charles is going for a dollar or two. But um, how much are they going to really be worth this? Exactly, and I and I understand why John L. kept them, but. This kind of reminds me a little bit with what Chuck's doing, primarily at receiver and also to a lesser extent at running back. Because Chuck also has five running backs. When you have so many running backs, it's tough. Like in week one, like you can't go to a team and say, I'll give you Weston Kelly and you give me this guy. I mean, you really can't do that right now because, again, no one is in a position of need. Well, there are some teams that have needs, but at the same time, there's no one at desperation level just yet so i understand that john l's probably looking to take these guys and move up as he should because while i like russell wilson you know odell beckham might very well miss week one he was the number one receiver um in fantasy right after brown just barely edged him out by a couple points and then he has sanders and benjamin and yeah these are top 30 guys but you know i i don't know if this i don't know if there's players on here that scare people in fact Setting Wilson aside, who I think will have a better year, I feel like his best position in a way is his linebackers. I like Deion Jones a lot. I really wanted to get him. I think he'll be better in year two. Christian Kirksey, I like a lot too. I was actually on the phone when that pick was happening. For some reason, the way he was announced, I, I didn't realize it was him. So foolishly, I didn't get a chance to really bid that up a little more. Landon Collins, I mean, that's a safety right now who's dynamic. 19 freaking points a game is ridiculous. I don't know if he's going to do that again, but my God, I mean, this guy's 10 points off of Odell Beckham. 
and he has Kendricks at almost 14 a game. So John L., I believe, is three top 20 linebackers, probably top 15, in my opinion, three of them. So, and I like, and look, Ruben Foster's there. And I think Ruben Foster's going to be a, a monster in this league. And it, and I think it might start happening immediately. So he has trade pieces, but at the same time, I just don't think Tyson showed me some of the offers he sent. Tyson himself returned to the league, called it absolute utter filth. Like he's trying to get like, here's the problem I'm noticing. Like, and if I can do a little like step back for a moment and, and, and mention this because I was meaning to. When you make a trade, like you almost have to understand, like there's some people that, that, that are afraid or there's fear that comes into play where maybe they're afraid to make a move or they're, they're just afraid and they accept a move too quickly or too early. But when it comes to making a trade, you have to understand, you have to be able to, in my opinion, you have to be able to explain to me how I'll benefit from what you're giving me. So when I traded for Zeke last year and I gave Bobby Walker like five guys, I gave him Mary Goat, I gave him Zach Brown, I gave him Mark Ingram, and I gave him a, two, a receiver and somebody else. I clearly explained how this would energize his team because his team was falling. It was garbage. I mean, like he's out of the league now. This was becoming too overwhelming for him, clearly. His team was filth. He needed like an injection of, of, of production immediately. So I said, look, you're giving me a top three running back. No one is better in this deal. He's number one on the list. But I can tell you that number two, three, four, five, and six will be your guys. And then you're going to give me a poo-poo platter with the rest. And I'll dump them. And I'll just try to pick up guys in the waiver wire and hope I can get another gem. You have to be able to explain to people, like, you can't just go to Tyson and say, give me Amari Cooper, your best player, and I'm going to give you Robert Kelly and Paul Perkins or Jamal Charles. Like, it, it just it's, it doesn't work that way because what the hell is Tyson going to do with Jamal Charles? Flex him? I mean, that's, that's, that's absurd. I mean, he can handcuff him, but, like, why would you give up Cooper for Kelly? And I'm not saying that was the exact offer. I mean, Tyson did mention he had a filth offer. And in John L. fashion, because we've all received offers from him, John L. is kind of like the homeless man's Charles Siborski when it comes to making trades. Chuck, <laughs> Chuck will make some ridiculous offers, but like we've seen him make trades. He made trades with Blanker. He made trades with Farrell. These are big time trades. Because at the end of the day, he's made trades with you. Exactly. And, and you know this firsthand. At the end of the day, you'll sit down, you'll talk, and you can get down to the nuts and bolts and say, okay, this is how we'll both benefit. You right. Once, once he's got your attention with the, with the filth offer, mm-hmm. you at least see who he's, he's looking for because the offer is always going to be Jordan Reed and someone else. Absolutely. It's been Jordan Reed every year. But like He's always in there. I feel Allen Robinson's starting to enter into the picture as well, I feel. I know... To give you kind of an example here, Chuck offered Allen Robinson and Donta, um, my God, the uh, linebacker for the Patriots. I'm uh, blanking on his name here. But uh, Hightower for Levante David. And Tyson turned it down. And I offered him, I did offer Max um, Eric Decker and Paz for Levante. And I feel that's a better offer because my linebacker is better. 
and my receiver's comparable, whereas Chuck's receiver is a lot better, but his linebacker's garbage. His high tower is not a good fantasy. He's not. He's just he he's not New England's centerpiece on defense. He doesn't get a lot of tackles. He's really a guy that belongs in the waiver wire. Whereas Robinson, even with a garbage team, is at least a flex, if not a wide receiver, too. And the thing is, when you're then asking for the go back to John L. When you're asking for Cooper and then you're saying, but also give me Landry. Like people, like eventually that's going to just turn people off. This is going to say like, you're, you're just trying to take from me and you're not giving me anything that's realistic back. So what can I do with Jamal Charles and Robert Kelly? Not to say those are the guys offered, but just to give an example. When I'm giving up my, like two of the three best receivers on my team, maybe the two best receivers on my team. So Bringing it back full circle to John L., I feel like you just have to present to the team and tell them, this is how you'll get better. I, you know, I say all the time, you don't have to write an essay. You don't have to go on the soliloquy like I'm going on now. But you have to at least, if you're going to try to get some players and you're going to try to win the trade, at least in getting the better guy, if you rank them, at least tell the team, like, I may be getting number one, but you're going to get numbers two and three, maybe even number four, too. And this is why, and this is how. And I think you'll have more success as opposed to Tyson Max laughing and calling it garbage. Yeah, this is garbage. Like, I mean, that was a direct quote. Like, that was, those are exact quotes he said. He goes, who does this guy think he is? He's offering me garbage. So if you can't fool Tyson Max, and I'm not knocking Tyson, but he's been out of the league for years. He's just coming back. He's just learning how we've evolved. If, if you're not going to fool him, then don't expect to fool you, me, Jake, Chuck, Blanker, Eddie probably, because Eddie barely even knows what's going on. Frank Lamont too, you know, throw some waiver money in there for that. He's all over that because this guy's just, you know, looking to hoard money, I guess, and not spend it. Maybe those guys you can trick, but the rest of the league, you're really not going to be able to, uh, to fool there. So, We'll see what he does with his running back situation. But my my idea for him would be hope for a big week out of one of these guys and see if you can sell high because I feel like the running back spot, while it's his deepest, is also a spot where he's going to need a big-name guy to come in and push his team over the top. But it's a good team, and I do think it's a playoff. I do think it is. With all is said and done, I do think it's a playoff team. Uh, sure. No, I I I think it's a playoff team as well, and and he's got pieces to be able to move to to better himself. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, I know I kind of went off on the rant there with the whole trade thing, and it's not to call John out in particular. I mean, this is everybody, oh, well, all of us to a point, like just a tip from somebody who's made lots of trades before, and you know, again, John's made trades before, and they've been good trades. He sent good offers too, so it's not to say he doesn't know what he's doing, but. I do think that he's on the right path. I think he's going to be a team that's in the playoffs. I don't expect him to be a toilet team. And that really says a lot right there because unlike Jeff, who was in the league, John did get himself back out of the toilet and is now a contender there. Kind of like Farrell said, the dude who was utter filth for like five years before last season. Right, right. And, uh, you know, now, now is the time to see if last season was a fluke. I mean, he's he's definitely 
you know, here he's he's got the ego. He's he's got the uh, oh yeah uh, the momentum behind him. So just just can't wait to get to that ladder. I agree. Um, you know what? Let's let's take a look at at your team, Yippee Kaye, Justin. Thank you. Um, you know, obviously the 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 big standout on on your team is is Drew Brees and um getting getting breeze for you and and spending that much on a quarterback uh at least for for the majority of time in in this league and and even the the team that we share in the Franz league that's that's rare for you quarterbacks aren't aren't your your top priority you look for a value at a yeah but but to be able to uh have the the number one last season quarterback I'd say top three this season Rogers at, at number one, um, getting him on the roster, uh, being able to grab cook in the, the rookie auction, um, having Quan Alexander, uh, at, at your linebacker, you're, you, you've got a strong, uh, number, uh, you know, top 10 in, in all three of those positions, uh, wide, wide receiver wise, uh, Crabtree and and Baldwin, uh, Crabtree was was surprisingly rejuvenated uh, yeah. last season, uh, top fifteen. Um, Baldwin again, uh, top ten. Uh, yeah. I I do think I I I was very high on on Russell Wilson this season. Uh, I think he's due for a, a better season, and and the recipient of of that better season will be Baldwin. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um. You know, with the with the rest of your team, I, I think it 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 rounds out, and then you center yourself around around Justin Tucker. I mean, num- number two. Yeah, I mean, Tuck. That's another spot. I think I spent a few bucks on him, two or three dollars, maybe two, three. I forget, but you know, he was another guy where I decided, you know what? Let's just. I had Matt Bryant last year. He was number one, and I like getting if I can get ten points plus out of the kicker every week, it's like, my God, you know, that can offset a a down week, which like Justin Houston, for example, at the moment, his game is predicated on rushing the passer. And for me, at least, historically, I prefer linebackers that just tackle a lot. I, you know, I'm more for just getting me consistency in terms of points, whereas if you get a sack or a pick, that's a bonus. But I'd rather have like 12 tackles and – and that's it, as opposed to having to count on Houston for a sack. But he, I think I bid eight or 10, and Blanker, I know, wanted him and just didn't have the money. And I figured, what the hell? You know, let's give him a try. I see down the road when Quan comes off back from this buy, he may end up being like a flex of mine. But we'll see. I may grow impatient. I may look to move him because, again, he's a guy like Avon Miller that. They can give you, they can pour on the points. I mean, the last time Houston played a full season, he had like 22 and a half sacks. So that's a monster right there. But I, I just feel, I don't know personally looking at looking at him now and, and looking at what Mazzy's doing on DL. He's got a guy, he's putting up like 30 points here practically. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to be patient enough to say, let's just roll on him getting sacks. We'll see. New England's a stud team, so I might give it a few weeks, but... I don't know. I may be looking for guys that can do guys that are better tacklers, but 
you know, it's been my forte. I've and speaking to that, I have Matt Forte. I expect him with the Jets keeping him. I think he's a guy where he's going to be productive, probably top twenty-five, lower end. You know, again, probably near. I I agree, but he's but he's going to get his his touches every game. Exactly, and to even be a flex because I'm high on Dalvin Cook. I think Gordon will be fine if he stays healthy. That's the key. I think he should be able to. Um, I I think it'd be top ten. And for me, getting Breeze was. As obviously you and I, we share the team in Franz League. So we have Zeke in that league and we are fine taking on the risk of having him, but I couldn't do it in both leagues. And in this league at $85, I think the most expensive player in the league with a $250 cap, it was just too much because I wanted the number one receiver and that's Baldwin. Baldwin, I, for the longest time, I was never, I wasn't high on Baldwin a few years ago. I was like, I can he keep doing this and he keeps doing it. And I really felt like I wanted a top 10 receiver and almost all of them were in the auction minus like guys like Julio and that they, you know, you had, and I knew I wasn't going to get the top five guys right there. It just wasn't going to happen. So guys like Evans, AJ Green, like Evans went for, I believe in the sixties or seventies, Odell went high green. I mean, these guys, I would have no chance on. So I'm like, just sit tight get Baldwin and I paid, I think like 40 for him because other guys had this, like Jake had a similar philosophy. I said, I can just get him. So that way crab can be my number two because I expect Cooper to be a lot, not that he wasn't good, but I think he's going to get more chances in the red zone. And that's where crab. She was getting a lot of his production. And then they have, you know, Lynch there too now. And I like Pierre Garcon to fill in and maybe hopefully be kind of a PPR guy. Uh, that can come in and hopefully get the catches that Hoyer's throw in there. Um, and the defense, you know, I, I just wanted to, you know, I, I brought a lot of guys back I had before. Dunlap, Neil. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, I like the strategy on defense. I'm I'm kind of the same way. I'm I'm okay with with uh, not, not going for those big names. And by the way, I just wanted to make sure that the uh, replay confirmed it, but Hunt just ran for a touchdown. Um yeah, so it's we're we're looking at three touchdowns there for uh, for Green Hunt. Uh, as as far as defense goes, looking at your your averages for for last season, if if you've got a team filled with with defenders that that hover in the ten to fifteen point range, mm-hmm. that that's perfect for me. Yeah, I I yeah. know we see backs uh, linebackers jump up to to seventeen, eighteen, some in the twenty. Uh, but you know what? A lot of those that that average in the twenty have have thirty point games and then ten point games. Uh, I'm okay five. With, a, with a consistent uh, ten to fifteen point game every every week. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not uh, concerned with with going through the the waiver wire to look for for that guy that's getting the uh, tackles every game uh, exactly. because those are those are consistent points. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I and that's what I like to see out of the defense. I, I want the consistency, maybe even more so off of the group bus. I, I I mean, and that's why I don't know. Like, it's just, in, I, I never expected to land it. I mean, like, and it was a situation where, like, Blanker even told me after. He's like, I just didn't have any more money to go. And he wasn't even that high. And obviously, he was going to be my flex. And... You know, Quan with the bye week situation, I had to move Houston out of the flex because he's playing right now. He only has four points. But 
We'll see. I mean, that's one week. So, you know, after New England, he's going to play Philadelphia. So I think he could have a bounce back game. That's at Kansas City. So I'll likely play him then. And if it's still a quiet game, I mean, I I, I may be looking to move on from there and try to get one of my, like, steady tackler kind of guys, like a Quan or a Paz. Um, You know, Levante, again, is always on my radar to kind of bring him back home. But there's other guys, too. I reached out to Marcus for Tree. I mean, he turned the trade down. So just to tell people, you know, people think that, like, Marcus is my farm team sometimes, and that's not the case. You know, Marcus has been given good players before. He's, you know, again, he got T.Y. Hilton right when he was blowing up. You know, I, I try my hardest not to draft garbage. You know, I mean, I like to sell high when I can, but I'm not intentionally bringing trash into my team. I mean, come on now. Let's, let's get serious here. I mean, I'm not playing the long con here. You know, but nobody getting through this shit. I got these blurred lines. Uh, Marcus this season was was a delight at the draft. He was. He came it, early. It was, he he came early. He was involved. Uh, Very involved. I like the moves he was making in the draft. He was bidding up the right guys. He was getting aggressive to get players. He was focused. He didn't. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly confident that he didn't mess up. Like we made that Marcus rule, which Chuck over the phones was the first to trip up on it. And others, I, I, I want to say Eddie fell for it maybe twice. Swanson fell for it once. I mean, there were three or four people that we did the, do, 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 you know, like and moved on. And I'm pretty sure Marcus wasn't one of them. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe he was either. So, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how him paying attention at the draft, what it, what it actually does. He's, he's here to play this season. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to Marcus and his mutton, uh, you know, in the, in a bit. Um, let's, let's talk the money team. Oh. <laughs> no, that's, that's the team name. It's the money team. And it belongs to Eddie Kasperzak. Wow. The money team's flexing Zay Jones just and starting Torrey Smith at wide receiver too. He was ranked 99th. Hmm. Yeah. I, I I mean, look at this team. I mean this Eddie Lacey, who we paid big money well, decent money for. Uh, I mean, think he's on the bench. Let's look at the starters. Freeman, obviously, is and Bobby Wagner. So he has a linchpin in offense and defense. But what Cam Newton are we seeing this year? That's true. And then, uh, you know, even with, with James Wright, uh, we, we, we talked about the running back roulette in, in New England. Yes. And White right now, five minutes left in the fourth, he's got 38 yards. Yeah, on the ground. He has 30 receiving. So, I mean, I mean, he's kind of, he gives you flex numbers, I feel. Um, but that's Eddie's running back, too, because he's flexing Zay Jones. Again, like, um, I mean, I'm looking at a team. And yes, his linebackers are actually pretty damn good. Wagner finished number one. A little bit of a deceptive number one, not to knock Wagner. He was 
hovering in the top three range because Quan was number one for a big chunk of the year. And then Wagner in the game, the, we don't play week 17. So Wagner had his best game, 46 points in week 17. So that's only, that game's only used to determine the high score or the, the point average, like the high score average per position for the prizes at the end of the year. So that's the, that's the only thing we use it for because those weeks are so wacky, you know, too many superstars are sitting and sometimes the games can not mean a whole lot. So I like Wagner and Lee a lot. Um, I mean, I don't know what we're getting out of Cam. He should be good in week one at San Fran, but he barely played. He played one series. Is pretty- he was kind of, you know, he seemed a little banged up. I would think he's going to bounce back. I mean, my God, he was a 21st ranked quarterback. I almost said the 21th again for some reason, but he was a 21st ranked quarterback which means that he's a bench quarterback in a 16-team league. And Andy Dalton, the 13th quarterback, he could be a guy that could outperform. But Dalton, he's never, he's not a sexy guy, like in terms of stats and that, you know, that, uh, I don't know if it's the red hair or that, but red rifle. But so many times he just slips through, you know, teams get him for a couple bucks. He puts up top 10, top 12 numbers. I feel like Eddie will start Newton most of the way over Dalton, unless Newton just totally falls apart. But, you know, Demarius Thomas with uncertainty at the quarterback position, Torrey Smith. I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like Eddie has some good pieces there, but I don't know if it's his core. Like, on the outside, he has some, some three or four good guys, but his core, I don't know if his core really screams out viable starter to you right no but uh, you, you you make a great point with with his defense and and, and his defense is is strong yeah um, we've talked about your your running back one making up for, for your running back two in his case he's going to need to pull his defense into that to try to make up for the running back two and his flex yeah um, I, I i don't know if there's enough there but again a lot of these uh uh Defenses, even looking at the averages, uh, uh, with like you said, Wagner at, at eighteen, um, Lee and Lee and McKinney, and uh, you know even even at his bench, I mean Lorenzo Alexander, yeah, sixteen, yeah, as a pass rusher, and he can start anywhere. D D L linebacker flex. I mean, he's a guy you can pretty much put wherever you want. Right, he could he could swap out. Jerry Hughes and, yeah. and play Lorenzo Alexander. He can, in theory, play four linebackers. So that's right. that's that's the nice thing. That I think Eddie, I think the defense will carry him quite a bit, possibly, possibly into the postseason. But we may need to see his wide receiver too, his running back too, like his flex on the offensive side of the ball. They they may they may need to step up a bit to make sure that Eddie can get into that playoff spot so that he can lose immediately in round one. Exactly. That's, that's where we need him to be. Just immediate loss, blowout loss. Um, let's, let's, let's move on to the Iceman. Thank you. Yeah, enough, uh, enough of the Eddie talk. Yeah, that's, that's far too much, yeah. Eddie, for, for one day. I mean, we're, we're past midnight. We've talked about Eddie now, I guess, for two days. Yeah, that's disgusting. Terrible. Uh, so, so Iceman, um, let's drop another 
I see why Iceman signed Simeon. Uh, yeah. He, he only had Winston, who was on that bye week. And he has Aaron Donald in the IR, which is smart because he's holding out right now. So he qualifies. He's got the star on his name. He's got the O, which means you can stash him. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, um, just in case anyone else had, had questioned it, I know we've talked about it. Greg asked me about it. Uh, we don't determine who you can put on IR. ESPN does. They have a star next to their name. They're IR eligible. You mentioned yep. it at the draft. If that star comes off, uh, they can still sit in your IR spot, mm-hmm. but you won't be allowed to make a move uh, until you move that player out of your IR. Yeah. That's um, no control over that. Yeah, that's that's all the ESPN. So so looking at, at Franz's team, um, whew, I mean, it's it's consistent. He, he's, or, or it's interesting. He's, he's taken the gamble on Marshawn Lynch. Yes. Um, I don't know that I would be ready to take the, the gamble on Lynch just yet, but again, that, that running back pool was, was so thin that, that it was necessary. Yeah. Um, and he needs Lynch to survive here because he, Duke Johnson's good in PPR, so he has him in the right format. Yeah, I mean, and 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 receiver, he's got Michael Thomas and and AJ Green. So yes, um, studs at the wideout, probably his best position. Yeah, I like his linebackers too. Are pretty are, are promising. Telvin Smith's always really good, and Jamie Collins, I think, will be better now that um, and and TJ Watts there too. So I know Franz is high on TJ Watts. People ask Franz if he was high bidding on TJ Watts because there's a bit of a war going on there. Um, only oh, has Chris Thompson at flex, so he picked him up there too in Washington. I almost missed him, so he's got the PPR guys there to kind of fill in. But oh, I'm just watching Hunt. Uh, he, the, the touchdown was stopped, and I don't know how far of a run that was, but but it'll help. You know, hey, I just mean, four I on those points. Help. I mean, Hunt now is um, what are we looking at? They're almost 200 yards uh, from scrimmage. And three touchdowns. That that definitely would have hit a uh, a yardage bonus had he had he hit that. Um, and I mean, Franz benefits from the bye week. I re- I really do think he does. Uh, yeah, he he had to pick up Simeon this week, um, but for the rest of the season, he's got Winston. Yeah, and and that's that's nice for him, you know, to um, you know to have him there. And you know, I just wanted to quickly to before we go back to Franz, I seen that Justin Houston must have a sack there. He's at fifteen point five, so it's that just not used to having those guys that I count on. Where it's like you know they need to like pass rush. It's like that's that's kind of refreshing. But um, yeah, but Mazzy has you know like uh. 35.9 right now. So that's that's the game that's going to come down to the wire, I feel. But yeah, not to take away from Franzer, just a quick uh, check-in on the game since we are broadcasting live as the uh, as the game is being played. But yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas was a great keeper. Like you're saying, he's going to have Winston all year, like you mentioned, the rest of the way. Um, and I think Winston will be fine. I expect Winston to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Um. I mean, the running, it's it's one of those situations where do you feel comfortable depending on Marshawn Lynch 
that much in terms of having to be your bell cow and hoping he stays healthy because if he's gone, Chris Thompson becomes your running back too, which means that Duke and Chris are similar. They're PPR weapon kind of guys. And then, my God, you Tariq Cohen is essentially another similar player. And then you have Alfred Morris, who's solely there just as a, um, you know, just as a backup. I mean, possibly like a third string kind of guy there. Right. And uh, you know what? Just just because the Facebook message has come through in the other league. Yes. Uh, not our other league, the other league, the Franz League. And actually, I think this was was maybe even in that uh, that Pickham league that Frankelman is still active in. Thank you. Uh, but but not here on the podcast. Uh, let's let's talk about podcast episode one. Which, thank you. Frankelman, thank you for uh, using 404 as your abbreviation and putting up a page not found. Yeah, that was clever. Uh, and for your logo. And thank you also for texting, messaging, and all our other groups that we're in today after ridiculing us for recording the podcast and not appearing in any way, shape or form likely because you're terrified at the sound of your, your voice, a voice of a, of a man child just exiting his second puberty. Frankle tits. And growing Frankle tits. Oh, I, we, we missed it. It's all right. Okay. It slipped through. Frankel Puff. Okay. Let's let's talk Frankel Puff. Please. So he's it's another team that I'm that I'm not ultra impressed at uh looking at it right away. But it yeah. But he's got a lot of consistency. Um Matt Stafford again, they, they Top ten, yeah, um, but quietly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm not high in him, but look, you can't argue with the results. I mean, number six, so that's a top end starter. Um, at running back, Gore and Miller. Um, Gore is is consistent, uh, but but never spectacular. Yeah. He has three top 17 running backs. So, I mean, in a league where they're at a premium, but it's almost like, look at that. Gore is ageless, almost like a Larry Fitzgerald, essentially. And every year for the last couple of years, you think, is this it with Gore? Or is this it with Fitzgerald? Like, is this when the wheels fall off? So that's what we have for Gore. I think, he has one more year there. At least he has Marlon Mack. So worse comes to worse. Ideally, one would think that Mack would step in. Lamar Miller, as you were saying, it's that weird consistency where he put up 12.3. He was top 17, but he didn't really do anything. Like, he didn't set the world on fire if you look at his at his splits. He had a 33.8-point game, his best game against the Colts in week six. And outside of that, he was giving you a lot of, like, teens, a couple 20-point games after – and then a few dud games, too, a 2.8 point, a 3.4. He missed the last two of the season. Obviously, that's a championship game right there if you make it that far. And then 17 doesn't mean anything. But I don't know. Like, how comfortable are you with Lamar Miller? I, I, 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, we, we, we remember Lamar Miller last year before draft time. I mean, my God, he was traded straight up for Antonio Brown because he was going to Houston. People were high as a kite on the guy. Yeah. And now I just don't know. If somebody now, now you question to, what, what yeah. you're going to see. I mean, um, I, I think he's, after last season, I think he's due to, to improve. Yes. But I don't know how much. Yeah. Um, and then he's got Bilal Powell. Yeah. Who was coming along at the end of the year, especially in PPR. I mean, and look, the Jets are garbage. And if, it's, if, if they're going to get garbage points or do garbage things, I feel like Powell can be a big, you know, benefactor to that, where he's going to produce, even if he splits with Forte, I still think you're going to get points out of him. And I just don't know. The last four games, he had the lion's share of the carries. He had 29 carry game against San Fran, a 22 carry against Buffalo, both over 100 yards. And then a 16 and 15 game. Could I? Could we see more like 16 and 15 carry splits? Maybe, but you could do a lot worse at your flex. So I, you know, I'm perfectly fine having Powell as a flex player. Actually, I think I kind of like that. Him having it there, but. But man, he needs Mike Evans off of that buy. That's because I mean Marvin Jones and Nelson Aguilar. I don't. I don't know. I mean Jones fell off a cliff last year. Yeah, and I mean his 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 bench wide receiver is is Jordan Matthews. Yeah, and we just don't know in in Buffalo. We we just don't know. Like um, you know what's going to happen there. I, I don't know. I mean, Matthews, I expect him to be a hell of a lot better than 46 and 10.8. But at the same time, I'm not expecting him to hit like 16 points all of a sudden, maybe 12. So, you know, I would put him in over Aguilar um, once he's good to go. But I I don't know. I look at this team here and Frank Lamont, you know, missed the playoffs. I think for the first time last year, he fell apart at the end of the year and it's going to be very interesting to see what he does this year because I, I just, you know, he'll have Braddon, I think, to solidify his linebacker before he just picked up probably over Robert Quinn, who I don't know, like, if I would play. Quinn is the epitome of he's either getting you sacks or nothing. Like, look at his splits. They're literally sacks or nothing. Right. Yeah. Sacks, four games, and then nothing. So, man, I mean, that's playing a little too uh, close to the edge for, for me at least. Yeah, um, but again, we've 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 said it a few times. I, I think he really benefits from having Evans the the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I would uh, I I would agree. And uh, and a quick check in here is again the same with Eddie. Like enough of Frank Lamont. I mean, he's. I mean, we we said enough about him. I mean, I I don't know if he's even going to be in the playoffs. He's in my division for the first time ever. So. I expect him to kind of linger towards the bottom. The fringes there. Um, Kansas City, 21 fourth quarter points. And Kareem Hunt, we are looking at 246 yards from scrimmage with three touchdowns. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just disappointed at this point that uh, I isn't cracked 50 points. So it's a, it's a disappointing debut for me. 
Yeah, he's at 49.1. Two, two minutes left. How many timeouts? Did I mean, I, I don't know that we're going to see any more yards from him. Yeah, and you're projected to absolutely slaughter, Sean. So, um, right. now 46 point favorite there uh, with Kareem Hunt's monster day. So, they're, they're in the uh, in the victory formation here. Let's. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not prepared to slaughter Farrell just yet. Exactly. I, I can never write Farrell off. No. To be um, fair, you can't do it. You can write off Tom Franklin. You can certainly. We don't. We can put the pen away for Eddie Casper's act. I mean, yeah. we don't even need pencil, crayon, whatever. Just. I'm not even putting his name on the paper. You know what? What's the use? You know, I, I like to put winners on the paper. So. You know, when it comes to Eddie Casper's act in terms of fantasy football, we're looking at a loser. Podcast sucks too. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for thanks for your contribution. Uh so so as we as we near the close of our, our teams, let's look. <coughs> All right. I'm All right. Yeah, I don't know what that'll happen there, but I think it happened maybe in the area or something, because uh everything went down for a second. You know, the iPad, the uh computer, the phone. It was weird. The phone was still showing like on Wi-Fi, but like it obviously wasn't loading anything. Right. All right. So let me see. We I know we left off. I mean, we didn't even talk about Mazzy. <laughs> I think you said the word Nick Mazzy, and then that crippled the entire uh, system. Then obviously yeah. you're able to add it around, man. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we just leave the silence in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see Justin Houston, Justin Houston had uh, 27 points, two sacks. Yeah, it's like, okay. I mean, thank you. There's uh, there's an option on the editing program to just filter out silence. So so I'll just filter out any silence. I mean, this this conversation right now is going to make it into the podcast just because that's how we roll. Listen, guys. Yeah, this is real. You heard. We said the word Nick Mazzy. Spectrum Internet across the area dropped. Just dropped. I mean, just dropped with a thud. I mean, I'm resetting the router. Everything's going haywire. It was just absolute chaos. So, like I said, it's good to be. It's good to be back. And uh, you know, we're we're just glad that that you all made it through that with us live yes yes uh, which which didn't happen because no one's here that's right but that's our, true this is just a lesson to be learned you know when this is audio evidence that's why we're leaving this portion in normally i mean obviously you can you know i don't know how much silence is on there i mean we'll obviously take out minutes of just dead air but this conversation right now, this is a part of the record because it's showing just the cowardice of one Edward Kasperzak, one Thomas Franklin. That's true. A lot and of talk, a lot of words, but little talk, little actual verbal discourse from them. And actually having to go back through and listen to the podcast to figure out when this happened and edit it to, to make it nice uh, would take too much time so it wouldn't be uploaded tonight so eddie you wouldn't be able to listen to it on your way to work 
Absolutely. Uh, and, and that's what I want you to, to be able to do. Yes. I need, I need an audio record of his shame. I need an audio record of his shame. So while he's driving to his job, his place of employment to provide for his family, I want there to be at least a level of shame. And then also understanding that, you know what? He had those memes loaded up awful quick, but when it was time to come to the table and speak, speak amongst men, amongst fellow champions, because remember, you're talking to two champions here. And we invited you into the room to sit amongst champions. We we were going to let you sit at the big boy table. The big boy table. And there were two man children that just, you know, we brought the booster seats out, of course, because, again, these aren't champions that we were bringing in here. Um, Contenders, pretenders, whatever. That's not for me to say. But we invited them in, and they just couldn't make it through the door. Instead, Tom was literally in every other group chat, including at one point messaging me directly. I, I, so I don't understand what was happening there. Maybe I give him a pass. You know, sometimes his mind is up in the clouds, but Eddie Kasterzak, this ultimately falls on him. Like he had a lot to say, you know, a lot of talking and well, not a lot of talking, actually a lot of typing, very little talking. So you know, we hope to see you. Uh, hope to see you at least by the season finale podcast. But let's not. Sucks too. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, but you know, let's. Uh, yeah, let's. Let's. We're on to Mazzy. Yes, we let's, are on the Mazzy. Let's let's wrap this this up so we can get to to Farrell's letter. Absolutely, yes. He's been waiting. He's been itching for this. So. Nick Mazzi, talk to me about the underdog who I'm going up against this week. Uh, I, I think he'll probably remain the underdog uh, for most of the season. Um, DeMarco Murray is, is uh, uh, you know, the, the star of, of his offense. Yeah. Uh, his next highest positionally ranked player is Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah, number one tight end. He's he's got Martavius Bryant starting as his as his wide receiver two, and Alshon dropping as his wide receiver one. A lot of question marks, injuries, suspensions. Yeah. Uh, but the, Marco, yeah, and and the other thing though is is he he did get Corey Davis. Um, yeah, he doesn't have him starting right now. Uh, who knows if if by Sunday he will? Um, sure. I don't know that I would would kind of start him if if I were were in that position. But I I think I would take the gamble over over Martavius Bryant. Yeah, or possibly honestly, and I know it's got Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I was about to say I know Kelsey's so appealing, and it's too late now, and it's very easy to look back and say he's projected for fourteen point eight. And he gave him probably four or five points there. He ended up, or well, 9.4. So, okay. I mean, but I, I probably would have put in Marshall. I just feel like Sunday night game, even though Marshall, again, isn't quite what he once was, I just feel like he would have been 
having a better chance to score with the Sunday night lights out there for a big game against the Cowboys. And obviously Corey Davis would have been a ballsy move to make even blunt. I mean, who knows what blunt I'm not high at all. on blunt. I don't, I don't know if anyone is, I, I don't like him, but he's going to have to be, you know, he, he could fill in there, but, but it remains to be seen. I like his linebackers. You know, we had Zach Brown and Wright, both in the top 10. Not sure if they'll both end up in the top 10 this year. Brown's on Washington now. But I really like Mariota this year a lot. And remember, he was only position ranked 22nd because he ended up missing a few games at the uh, at the end of the season there. So that's kind of what, you know, that did him in there. I think he's a lot better than what that rank actually shows him at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting situation that he's in um he's he, he's got the the receivers to to fill some of those gaps it's just they're they're not all going to be uh putting up consistent numbers yeah yeah no i, I would agree and so maybe be a year away from uh from postseason attention but we'll see i mean it's it's going to be a close game against, you know, with him and I. It's, um, I think I'm favored by three after tonight's game. So, you know, we'll, we'll come down to the wire, I'm sure. So you, you, you make a comment a year away from uh, postseason. Let's, let's talk about Greg's team. Yes. Because he's next on our list and we'll, we'll finalize it with, with Marcus. Uh, Greg is, is one injury away from from having a, a starting lineup. I, I think I described it as, as an incubator. Yes. And for, that's a perfect description. He's, he's got a lot of guys that, that have a lot of potential, but it probably isn't going to show this year. No, historically we've seen this approach utilized by Frank Kobiak in the earlier years when we only kept one or two guys and it resulted in Frank Kobiak finishing in the bottom of the league in the bottom two or three. And if, if this is a strategy to employ, this is certainly the time to do it where you, when you go, when you're going to be able to keep four veterans. Now you're going to have multiple rookies to keep. I like, I mean, if you look at this team, not even you, you have in just terms of rookies, you have Connor, you have Davis linebacker from Detroit. You have, um, you have Mexican. Yeah, Goodson, you know, would be a uh, a rookie. Or Goodson played last year, so he's a second-year guy. But um, you'll have Mixon. You'll have Freeman. You'll have um, Garrett. Obviously, right now, he's probably out with a high ankle sprain for a bit. I think Breda, you know, like you're looking then not just at rookies, but at guys that are one injury away. You know, Connor again. Wendell Smallwood could be the guy there. I truly think he will be the guy eventually. I don't like one at all. And I think Sproles will be like more of their weapon that they use him. He's not a every down back. Um, you have Miles Jack, Joey Bose, the second year guy. Obviously, Harrison Smith is 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 a is a good defender, maybe a little better in reality than he is in fantasy, but certainly no slouch. I like John Brown to bounce back strong this year. Doug yeah, right, exactly. He's he's got yeah, Brown, Brown and Martin on the bench. Uh, Martin because he's suspended, but when he when he comes back, he's he's moving into the to the starting lineup. 
barring any any sort of injuries to to other teams. Um, and John Brown, I, I think he's he's due to rebound too. Yeah. Um, he's and got Hopkins. Um, he's got Jamison Crowder, uh, two top thirty uh, receivers. Yes. So so not all hope is is lost for this season, but no. a, an injury would be certainly helpful to him. Yeah, to suddenly, yeah, because again, if a James Conner steps in for Bell, that's a that could be a running back one. Obviously, Mixon should be on the rise. Martin will come back, so he'll have two strong running backs within a few weeks. Um, I I don't know if this is a playoff team this year, but honestly, I don't know if this was necessarily built to be a playoff team this year. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think in a 16 team league that incorporates these dynasty elements this dynastic quality sometimes you have to look and assess the situation and say you know what obviously i'm not going to be tanking here there still is a lottery system so i'm not assured of the number one overall pick but at the same time i want to compete anything can happen with an injury or a breakout player so i'm going to have a guy like a matt ryan at deandre hopkins let's bring doug martin in playing for his you know his contract Mixon obviously is the high profile rookie so there's definitely pieces there that contend. You know, the defense, Joey Bosa's a monster uh, there, so he he's going to do well. Um, I just think that it's one of those things where, realistically, this is all about next year. And if the season plays out to where most of the guys that his players are behind end up staying healthy, then I think, honestly, if I were him, I would look to trade a Matt Ryan. I would look to deal a DeAndre Hopkins near the deadline to say, look, a team, look, Matt Ryan was dealt last year when there was that playoff push being made, when Farrell had, you know, Brady coming back and the Odell, and he ended up gaining Odell Beckham. So you can gain players and maybe you want to keep a big money guy. Maybe you turn to a Duan and say, look, Zeke's off his six game suspension. You are fighting for your life. I'll give you two for one or whatever. And then you say, I'll keep Zeke at $95 next year because I'm going to have him surrounded by a whole bunch of players. They're only a dollar to like $5, $6, $10, you know, whatever amount of dollars are going to be. Uh, and then you have the new rookie format where guys are all a dollar to start off, regardless of where they fall. So I think that this is a true kind of, almost like it's a, it's a true expansion team to me like an expansion team comes in they get a couple of good guys and then they get the high picks and they and they look to develop them and i think greg could put himself in position to be dangerous next season but this year i feel like there's too many guys that need to break through that it probably will end up holding him back from the postseason but at the same time i feel like he's not sitting here saying i'm going to win the league this year you know what I'm saying? Like everyone's confident, but I think he's looking more to say, if I sacrifice one year per se to develop, then maybe it'll set me up strong for three more, you know, for the next three years afterwards. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Trust the process. Absolutely. Trust the process to quote Hinky. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, speaking of, speaking of process, we saw we saw Marcus go through a process this season. Yes, we did uh, a transformation. Yeah, he's he's our he's our last team to look at. Let's let's look at him. Um, yeah. Fournette was was obviously his big pickup, the the right choice for for pick yeah, number one to be him. I think. 
I, I don't know if he ends. Like I said, I like Kareem Hunt. And look, we weren't alone in saying that yesterday. And my God, we're just going to be part of a chorus tomorrow because he looks like a monster that could be a top five running back, period. And I don't like Fournette's team, but it's one of those situations, like you're saying, you kind of have to just take him. You know, almost like you have to try to pick the safest player. Although to me, I, you know, I just felt like he wasn't going to be like in Ezekiel Elliott last year where it was so obvious to say like, oh my God, this is the guy. Right, but... But when when he was drafted, uh, you yes. know, even even in the, the NFL draft, you look back uh, to the NFL draft or, or you know to our rookie draft three weeks ago, that there was there was no question who number one was going to be, no matter who got that pick. Very true, very true. Like I think the only one who was considered was maybe Chuck or Greg. You know, both. Um, but outside of that. We just don't know because they were never in the number one spot. So it's easy to say that when you know you don't have that pick and you're not going to be able to obtain it. But right. At the same time, you know what? It's we just don't know. You know, I like to say like Cook and Hunt were my guys that I was targeting, and once I got high enough to leap past, because I was expecting to make a deal with Manzi that would have had me acquire Mariota and the pick. And I would have given Mazzy, Landry, and Cooper, and I think Bavante. Basically, the trade that Jeff slash Tyson took over, like when that trade was made to get Cook one above. And once that happened and I was in the top four, I'm like, well, look, I have to take Cook now. Because, again, Ware was still healthy. I believed in Hunt, but I didn't think it'd be this year, this early. And... Like I said, everything fell where it did, and I, and and like I said, this could very well springboard you to where you need to be. I'm still comfortable with Cook, and Marcus again made the logical choice to say, "Look, just give me four and that. He's the guy. Let's just go from there." And so, he has him with Ingram. Yeah, and you know what? Let, let me ask. So, if you, uh, you you know that I going into the rookie draft where I initially was was looking at Davis. If you would have dealt. Um, with Mazzy to get Mariota, would you have had to have considered what he did as well uh, to to grab Davis to pair with Mariota? It would have honestly have been Hunt there, and just the same, basically exactly what played out the way. Like, so let's see if this would have been me getting to Mazzy, but you know what? At the same time, it would have been dependent on what Jeff did at four. Because kind of, I'll ask you then, if Cook was still there at five, let's say, let's say Jeff picked Davis, because I, he, I was always going to look running back. Uh, because again, I just feel like there's more value there to get a running back. If Jeff had took Davis, would you have taken Davis? Would you have picked Cook? Uh, no, I don't think I would have. I, uh, Hunt, Hunt was kind of where I was planning if I was going running back. Yeah. Uh, Davis was initially my pick up until you got the day wide. of my pick, almost. Yes. I mean, I still considered it even with the wideouts, but, uh, you know, looking at, at that, I don't think that would have changed. I, I still would have gone hunt. Yeah. Like, I had 
And again, I know we're saying this now after Kansas City absolutely throttled New England. And a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and say, okay, everyone's just talking up on you guys are sitting here like you're Nostradamus here. But those that were with us during the draft, that, I mean, we, we were both high in hunt. On my board, and again, I know I never had a chance to get the number one pick. So Fournette, to me, I never thought much of because I'm like, I'll, I'll, ne- I'll never get him. So like for me, it was going to be Cook and McCaffrey in that order. Likely McCaffrey at 1A and then Cook after him because I felt like Minnesota Carolina would have a better line and would be able to get the ball more to McCaffrey and dump offs. And then Cook emerged because I expected him to take the starting job. I think he's better than Murray and he's going to be the guy there, I feel. And then it was Hunt. And Hunt only because there were questions about him playing like Isabella Cow. So Hunt for me was number three. I had him over Mixon and I at least thought about him more than Fournette. But I liked I just don't know if I would have taken Fournette at one. I never really I don't like Jacksonville. I think the team's horrendous. I I, I just I don't like to have you know, I like Allen Robinson a lot better if he was on almost any other team outside of Jacksonville. I just think Bortles is terrible. He's regressing every year. He's like, he used to be a garbage time fantasy player where he would elevate his stats to top five if he's be getting blown out, chucking it up. But I just don't want anybody associated to that team. I mean, if you're giving me Allen Robinson for nothing, I mean, I'll put him at a second or a slot or a flex or whatever as a fill-in, but I'm not going to offer you anything for these guys. Even Fournette, like, I'm not going to – if Marcus reached out to me and said I need somebody, I mean, I, I would give you Crabtree, I guess, only because Fournette's an asset. I know I could flip him again, and I would look to do that, but I would have a very difficult time offering anything of fair market value for anybody on the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. So it's interesting just how things fall into place. But for Marcus, look, he didn't screw it up. I mean, at all. Like, we're only one game into the regular season. And again, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, for all the talk about Kareem Hunt, like, he, this may be the best game of his life that he, you know, in in week one's possible. I, I would suspect that it will be. Yeah, I, I don't like, expect anything like this uh, down the line. I, I don't. Yeah, at least I, not on a regular basis. But, but my goodness, I mean, just that potential. You know, it's just that we've seen it against the defending champions, and he ran wild on them, catching and running. And it's like, my God, like he was even better than I anticipated him being. Like I didn't expect this from him. I didn't expect him to be like a Marshall Fall like this, but. I can expect, like, well, you have him, so I think you're going to fully prepare for the Charles discussions. And I'm not talking Jamal Charles. I'm talking Charles Saborski discussions. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Let's like, you send know, him over, Chuck. He's he's oh, locked I'll right now, but I'm not. interested to see what these offers are. If he's going to, what he's going to include, and it's just it's going to be really interesting to see how, like, what's he going to try to package. Yeah. But yeah, Fournette is I, I think Marcus did a good job there. And what do you think about the trade, the Hogan for Montgomery trade? 
I mean, after tonight's game, I I think that Montgomery gets more than than three and a half points. Yeah. Um. And and I'm still like I said with Montgomery, I'm I'm interested to see what he looks like this season yeah. as a dedicated running back. Yeah. So I don't know that I, I don't know that I, I would have made it, but I can see why. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Marcus has two tight ends at, at his starting running and, and granted they're, they're great tight ends. Yes. Gronk had a, a quiet game today, two receptions, 33 yards. And that's going to happen with him. It's, it's always happened with him. Yes. Um, and Jimmy Graham, same same thing. He's he's got uh, high potential, but he's also going to have games where where he's just not utilized. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And 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 to to be able to bring Hogan in a a dedicated wide receiver, but it, but again, that New England squad is just so they'll, so they'll, they'll go with a hot hand, and and it doesn't matter who it is if it's a fourth stringer that steps in because someone has to tie their shoe and and he catches a a a pass he's there i mean that's that's his spot that's just that's just what happens in new England. yeah no i i agree and again to a lot of again hogan's owned by 99.6 percent of espn users his average draft position 97th as noted by Pro Football Focus, Hogan has recorded 54 catches and just over 1,000 yards in the last 15 Patriots games in which Jacoby Brissett wasn't the one throwing him the ball. So this is a big-time player. This is a guy who is massive, you know, like for his uh, yards per catch. I mean, that's got to be – that's 54 for 1,000 yards. So this is a guy almost going almost 20 yards a catch here, 17 yards or whatever. There's – Okay, one catch for eight yards today, and then he had those three carries for 17. Not good at all, but it's one game. And again, if you put too much stock in the week one, you 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 can set yourself up to fall because there, you know, we have 13 games in the regular season, then the playoffs. So somebody might try to sneak in and say, Hey, you know what, Hogan maybe flopped. I'll give you this guy. My recommendation, they're at New Orleans in the Dome. I expect it to be high scoring next week. I expect the Patriots to be angry because they were embarrassed uh, at home. And I expect him to bounce back. That would be the game to do it for a big for a big play kind of guy like Hogan, who's was was kind of getting, you know, big time yards after the catch, touchdowns. I could see him bouncing back. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. This this isn't going to be the norm. Um, I think both teams did, did what was smart. We're looking at it after one game was played and, and that's just one game. Yeah, it is just one game. And what we have, you know, going through all the teams here, it's just one game. And obviously one game literally is just finished now an exciting game between New England and Kansas city. Again, Kansas city, just firing at all cylinders. I think they're going to be a strong team this year. I'm not sure if they're going to be putting up 40 a, a night, but again, I expect them to be a playoff team. And 
what we were able to do is that we had fantasy pros take the the bill, take the team, and kind of give a breakdown. Um, and as you know, they they gave us their projections. They yeah, we we reached out to fantasy pros. We said we're recording this little podcast. They didn't want to join us either. No, uh, no, but they, they did at least analyze the teams. Absolutely. So you know, we can at least do that for you, and then we'll give you the data, and then obviously you can communicate that data. So. I have overall starters and bench. So I'll save the overall for last. For the bench, obviously, you know, we talked about the teams here, and I think we all know who's going to be number one here. It's Chuck at number one, you know, they having the deepest bench because, again, he's loaded. We, we mentioned it with wide receiver and running backs. He's right at the top, almost has too much talent there where he could use maybe some balance at his defense spot. Mark is coming in at number two. Number three, Frank Lamont. Four would be Swanson. <sighs> Not sure how, but uh, five would be John L. Again, running backs. Six would be Mazzy. Seven would be the fat Andy Daltons. Eight would be myself. Nine is Tyson. Ten is Eddie Kasperzak. Eleventh, Farrell. Twelfth would be you. Thirteenth, uh, Blanker. Fourteenth, Greg. 15th, Jake, 16th, Franz. So, you know, that could spell a little bit of trouble for Franz. And for Jake, it's pretty much he's kind of, he has a loaded starting lineup, but if he starts losing guys, that could be trouble. Now, speaking of the starting lineup, you know, we'll kind of work our way up. So the lowest starting lineup, Tom Franklin. Hey, you know what? It wouldn't shock me. Marcus is next, and... I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the tight ends, you know, they, they maybe they punished him for having two tight ends there. Then Tyson. Then we have uh fat Andy Dalton's at 13th Chuck at 12. And I, I truly think that his defense really hurts him significantly there. 11th will be Greg 10th, Mazzy, 9th Swanson, 8th Blanker, 7th Eddie, 6th would be Franz, five, Farrell, four, John L, three, myself, two, the Wizard, and number one, Jake Feller, which is really a no surprise since he his team is loaded there. And finally, what you know everyone is interested to see, where does fantasy pros at least, where do they see us finishing when all is said and done at the end of the year? Obviously, these rosters are going to change radically, I would assume. You know, maybe some teams that traded a lot don't trade as much. Maybe some teams that didn't trade as much trade. Who knows? But if there's one thing that's constant, it is the rosters evolving on an annual basis. So in terms of the points, and they assign like a score here. And honestly, I'm not sure what the score is. The best score is 1,200. The worst score is 700. So take that for, for what you will. So number 16, and again, I'll if you want to just give me like a quick comment after each one. Number 16, you can let me know if you agree or disagree or whatever. Number 16th, Tyson Max, 775 points. So I would assume the the 1,200 seems low for a season. Maybe maybe the 700 is is some sort of internal. Uh, yeah, I think it maybe it's a balance. Right? I don't think it's like points for the year. I think it's probably scoring on like a bunch of different metrics is my guess because it goes from 1,200 and it goes to 700 at the bottom. I mean – I I don't expect Tyson to be last this year. I really don't. Um, Especially with that trade now, I think. I think that yeah. 
Um, I could see it, but I don't expect it. Yes. Number 15, we have Greg at 800 points. Um, that, that I can see. But also, again, he's, he's, he's a couple injuries away from, from that being much higher. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's – Paul Tyson and Greg are kind of – I expect them to be near the, the bottom third. Um, but these okay, are just – That low, like right, right. You know, like, that, that would make sense. Number 14, we have Duhan at 808 points. I think okay. maybe Zeke's availability could hurt him there. Like if Zeke can somehow get this restraining order or this injunction or whatever, where he can play longer for the whole year, I think he can jump up with it. Uh, and you know what though, too, to knowing, knowing Duhan and, and seeing the way he plays uh, fantasy football between these past uh, two seasons, first, first year last with Franz. Yes. Uh, he, he's willing to take a chance. Yes. So uh, right now that, that chance is, is having Zeke on his team. Tomorrow that chance could be flipping Zeke. So sure. he's, he's willing to do whatever it takes to do. Absolutely. I agree. Number 13, macro diet diaper himself, Tom Frank Lamont, 842 points. I expected him to be lower. Um, yeah. But at least he's not being predicted to make the playoffs. Exactly. So he's settling in right where he kind of needs to be there. Number 12, the Iceman, Jason. So we're back, back again. That, we're back. that one wasn't as bad as uh, as previous. No. Like, um, it's, look, this is the sacrifice that we have. I mean, we're we're going through chaos going on in the, in the, in the internet right now. So, right. you know, we, we were recording a quick podcast. We're at two hours and 15 minutes right now. That's obviously going to, going to drop down once, uh, once we filter out the silence, but, but here we are. So, so Franz, yes, Franz, I can see stat wise why he'd be there. Yeah. But I, I feel like Franz, I, I trust in his process. I expect him to be in the top eight. Yeah, he's a smart guy. He's gotten a lot better once he adapted to the way the league works. And I think having more keepers kind of plays into his favor going from the league that he runs where you can keep four guys. And he was trying the strategy from year one when you could only keep one. Because remember, he had to choose between like Bell and Spiller. He picked Spiller, didn't work. That's not the fault him because he took Bell. So he was grabbing the talent but he just happened to keep the wrong ones back when you can only keep one guy. So I'm with you. Like, I think he has a process and if he's not making the playoffs, I still think that maybe he just falls short. So 12 seems a little low for him. 11 Mazzy with 928 points. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that I can see. Yeah, I like the balance he has. I like that he got DeMarco. As long, I feel like he'll go where the Titans go. And if they stay healthy, Mariota does his thing. Uh, Murray stays healthy. They have a great line. Davis evolves and progresses. I could easily see him here, maybe even a little higher. But this is a good spot for him. Number 10, Jesse Swanson, 950 points. So this right now is saying that he doesn't make the playoffs. So he finishes at 10th. And you know what? I think you can agree here. That running back two is going to kill him. 
Yeah, it it absolutely is. I um, I feel like the, the, there's definitely potential for him to to improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he's got to be open to to some trade offers, and I I think he can get where he needs to be. Yeah, um, he, even if that means flipping bow. Um, yeah. I, Remember, we we look back a couple seasons, uh, or maybe it was even last year, where uh, we informed Marcus, "Do not trade Bell. Don't, don't, just don't do it." Yes, I feel like Jesse could put himself in a much better position potentially. Again, yeah, we're only we're only one game in. Very true. Uh, one but, NFL game in, not even right. one weekend, just one NFL game in. Right. Uh, so I, I th- he's got the pieces to be able to make a another championship run. Yeah, like his core is there. It's, it's one of those situations to reflect like a, a real life team where you win a championship, and then obviously the guys that help you win, there's another year gone. So that means that the guys you have to resign want more money, and inevitably there's always a team that will pay more for a guy that helped you win the championship. So like LeGarrette Blunt, 18 touchdowns. I don't expect him to come anywhere close to that. Evidence in case, Gillisey went in and got three. I expect Gillisey to get 15 to 16 this year. And I don't expect Blunt to do much of any. I expect Blunt, honestly, not even to be on the Eagles. I wouldn't be shocked if he was somehow on the Patriots again. You know, by the end of the year, and not over Gillisey, but just maybe on a roster like that, because it just, that's what's, been the case the last few years and Swanson's lost Edelman to an unfortunate injury I really was pleading with him not I know Edelman's his boy but it's like I I just didn't have a good feeling about Edelman costing as much as Jordy Nelson being kept and then obviously Blunt was thrown back in the pool that's fine I mean look even though he was a lower price guy don't expect him to duplicate it with Philly but you're losing 18 touchdowns and then you're losing a hundred catches and a thousand yards and you're replacing it with, I'm not sure with what yet. So, I mean, I heard Amendola left the game with a head injury. So God only he could be done. You know, that's part of the course with him with, um, you know, with, uh, with Amendola and he's, he needs, I, I don't see Mike Tober getting 18 touchdowns. I mean, Maybe we're wrong, and maybe Tolbert's like the guy from five yards out every time, but I don't see Buffalo putting up New England you know, stat numbers. So I think this is one of those things where it's not quite a championship hangover. It's just, you know, it, it just might be a down year, and then maybe he bounces back up because he still has a good core, like you were saying. So he can still make the playoffs, but I think that running back two is what's going to push him out. And number nine, again, this is another situation where running backs might be keeping him out. Blanker, 953 points. Okay. I again I, I can see that, but I I I trust in, in Blanker as well, and I, I fully anticipate him to, to be in the playoff. Same here. Even if it's at like the eighth seed or seventh. Um, and I think he gets there solely because he is Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Brown. Or Aaron Brown, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Antonio Brown. Aaron Brown. I mean, is that like, uh, my God, you know. Um, He's hey, a British actor. He might very well be. 
And you know, it's I knew I'm sitting there for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, uh, Aaron Brown. And it's what's interesting there is that there is a British rugby league player named Aaron Brown. So uh, easy, Marcus. Just it's, easy, get, Marcus. cut us some slack. It's one a.m. One a.m. One a.m. For God's sake, yeah, like on a on, on like a work night, something there. So yeah, I'll, I'll be getting up in in five hours, five and a half hours. Yeah, I I'm, mean, I'm still gonna upload this podcast for you guys because that's dedication. So remember that Tom Franklin. Remember that Eddie Castle, Zach. That's the heart of a champion right now. You go with cowards. But yeah, so Aaron, um, yeah, Aaron Brown, the uh, rugby player. So Antonio Brown. And I think having those two can should get him into the playoffs, provided they stay healthy for the whole year. But those are the guys that are 9 to 16. So the playoff teams that we have, Alpha Mutton himself, Marcus Taylor at number 8, and he's at 900. <laughs> <laughs> and look, y- you might want to, you know, remind the audience on what's coming next, because if you thought that was fun, well, let me introduce you to number seven, Eddie Kasterzak, 1,014 points. I, 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 I don't know what I'm seeing here. So, again, Swanson and Blanker over Marcus and Eddie, sure. I mean, they're all close enough, but I, I just, Eddie at seven, I mean, I might have to check the software after for a virus. At number six, <laughs> I'll open it. Just to tell you, number six is Sean Farrell, thousand. Listen, Farrell's proved himself last season. He really did. I mean, he was on the brink of a championship game. So I'm, you know, we thought he was going to California to survive off of eating ketchup packets and living under a bridge like a troll, and he really ended up proving us wrong. And you know, he's doing his thing. You know, I, he may still be surviving off of ketchup packets, but, you know, he's he's at least making the postseason, so something's going right there. Top five, number five, Charles Simborski, 1,076 points. And, okay. and, and again, I, I expect him to be in. I, I, I don't expect his team to look like this. No, uh, I agree. But, but I expect him to, to be there. And it's encouraging to hear that he is trying to reach out for defensive players. Like that trade he offered Tyson for, um, again, I don't like the linebacker he offered. He only had like two and a half points for Chuck, three points. I don't think he's high towers is a good fantasy linebacker, but, and I know I'm not high in guys in Jacksonville, but come on, like Levante and, and Tyson could try to get Allen Robinson. I, I feel like that kind of helps both teams. So that didn't go through and we'll see what happens. Number four, John L, 1,117 points. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know about that, but he, he has. Let's see it. Hey, on paper, there's some strength there. I mean, like I said, let's see if those running backs can stay steady. If he can make some trades, who knows? He is Odell Beckham. He has a good, a very underrated defense. I love, love his linebackers. So, I could see him being there. I mean, look, he's another guy. He made the championship game last year. So we talked about Farrell on the cusp of the championship. John L. was there, and he lost 
and it was a it was a sound defeat. You know, Swanson did kind of run away with it, but at the same time, he wasn't embarrassed. You know, he showed that he belonged. So I'm looking for uh, John L. to prove his worth this year and say, hey, you know, I'm not a joke. This wasn't a fluke. Get my name the hell off the toilet seat. That's called the Bobby Walker now. Like, I'll be right back. I got I got to go take a Bobby Walker or something. That might fall into the lexicon of this league. Who knows? But he's at number three, or he's at number four. Excuse me. <clears throat> All right. So number three, it would be Jake Feller, eleven twenty-seven. And for me, I mean, if you would have asked me last week or even yesterday or that easy for me, I would say he would be the number one team just based on having such a strong starting lineup, barring any injury. He's looking like, you know, he'll be a top contender. I fully expect him to be at least number three as his like floor and his ceiling could be as high as number one. But um, I, I think you would agree, right? I mean, he's definitely looking like a very strong team. He's trying to make this his year for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But but not as strong as number one or number two. Very true. And number two, that would be myself. I mean, uh, which I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, 1161. And number two and number one only separated by eight points. So, again, I hope to be in contention you know, we've gone over my team enough. I, I I feel I'm pretty solid all around, and I have some depth if there's injury. So, minus the at the quarterback spot, so that'll be huge. And I hope to kind of be in this situation here, and hope to make a deep playoff run. And then number yeah. one would be, I mean, the, the the wizard, the wizard, the win himself at eleven sixty nine, Orenthal James Simpson, Mister Michael Pop. Well, and hey, listen, I, I hope to, to be at number one as well. I'd, I'd be happy enough being at number eight, uh, just just getting ready to, to, to get back into the playoffs. And uh, let's not get ahead of it. I, I'm not sure that I even want to be uh, sure. ranked as number one. There's a history of number one teams. And a lot of the reason for this is because Frank Lamont has consistently been a number one team overall and he's fallen apart completely in the postseason. So there is a history, and myself was included. You know, like, my best years, at least from a regular season standpoint, have ended prematurely, you know, in terms of Chuck setting multiple records with Jamal Charles and even Dan Bailey getting 24 points. He, him and ba- Charles and Bailey had about 90 points, I remember, that game. It was sickening. And I lost, and Bobby Walker upset me in year one, and, you know, Frank Lamont's just you know, is lucky to get to round two. So I think you agree. And I think I'm with you there is just, I'd like an invite to the big show, to the dance, get me in that top eight. And then let me try to do the best that I can, you know, when it, when the games matter, when it's that single elimination time. I I agree. And, uh, you know, thanks, thanks fantasy pros for the, for yes. the analysis. Uh, and, and thanks for not being here tonight for us. Absolutely, to uh, follow but, with Frank Lamont and, and Eddie. You, you know what is here tonight for us? Yes. A, uh, a letter. A letter we, we planned on reading at the draft. Yes. We've saved, we've saved for the podcast. Uh, you know, we're, we're excited for it to be here. Um, I agree. I, Maybe this is why we've been having internet connection issues throughout this evening. Because remember, maybe 
maybe the world's not ready for this letter. I mean, I know we've put a lot. I mean, Farrell, you know, he sent a handwritten letter. Um, and, you know, maybe there's, maybe this is too much, this letter. Like, I I, I don't know. You know, I'll, I guess we'll leave this for the rest of the league and our loyal listeners and Eddie Casper's act to, to make a determination, to make their, you know, the, they can make the call. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's, let's get into the letter. <clears throat> All right. Dear John, I don't have much to say about Clock Week One because he's washed up. Once he stated, started losing all his games, he was, quote, too busy, end quote, to do a podcast and run his bitch ass mouth. We all know how I feel about Tom. I predict it will be the biggest blowout of the season because he is absolute trash. Jesse got lucky last season with nobody on his team or Danny's team getting hurt. It will be similar to John Gruden taking over for Tony Dungy in Tampa. Now he will be mediocre at best. I see I am number one on Eddie's list. That's too bad because I don't consider him even in my league. I was just happy that list covered up his ugly face. What can I say about Steve Blanker? Other than who the fuck is Steve Blanker? John, either you will score the most points or the least. Being week six, I'll assume you haven't trade raped Marcus and I will beat you handily. Tyson, by the time we play, most of your keepers will be injured and because you absolutely suck, your backups will suck too. Have fun duking it out with Marcus in the toilet bowl. Frankoviak. If I were a Simborski, I might be worried. But I'm not, and you're garbage. Enjoy thinking you have a shot at the playoffs. Like the Bills the past 17 years. Jake Fowler. I would say some shit, but I feel the fact that when we play, your wife will be cheering me on, and that has to suck, because she knows you're a loser. Marcus, Alpha Mutton, by week 10, I predict you will have lost interest and have been DP'd by the Simborski brothers. At least they buy you dinner while raping you. Duhan, and glorious beards. Your beard and your team have one thing in common. They are nothing compared to mine. Nick Mazzy. And last, Charles Simborski. I made you my bitch last year, and I will do it again this year. I will be rolling in undefeated when I play you. And I shall stay undefeated after. John, save the address on the envelope so you can just mail me my winnings. Your new champ, Sean Farrell. 
Powerful words. Powerful, powerful words from Sean Farrell. Some bold predictions. Undefeated. Um, he's uh, right now after the first game of uh, the regular season, the real NFL season, he's a uh, 45 point underdog going into the weekend. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an uh, uphill climb from here. Yes, it is. But he's confident. He said, save the address. And I think I may have said, I, I think maybe threw it out. I, I don't remember. I may have thrown the envelope out. But I don't think you're going to need it anyway. That's fair. And I think, um, you know, that's the wizard. And I, and I think the wizard put it, uh, summed it up nicely. So there's uh, the letter. Farrell has spoken. I at least give him credit that he put something in writing. You know, he's not here. Three-hour time difference, whatever. You know what? He gave me – he didn't feel he had to speak. He His words would do the speaking, which actually says a little more for uh, for him than it does for Eddie Castro, Zach, or Tom Franklin. Um, yeah, you know, appreciate it, uh, especially uh, Tom. Uh, he ceased with the texting, but, uh, you know, we were recording today, so as you knew. So uh, let's see if any of you guys can back up your uh, your memes and your talking next week. All right, well uh... – yeah, let's 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 next next time. Yeah. Next time to be yeah, that that's yeah, next time, you know. Uh and same, uh same bad time, same bad channel. Next time. Next time, right. Exactly. Well Thank listen, you. that that's gonna do it for our, our short podcast tonight. Yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for being here with us. Everyone, thanks, thanks for listening. Uh yeah. we'll we'll do this again sometime sometime and and if you made if you made it through the end make sure to send me your name and address for the no prize so that i can either delete or take your writing and place it in my garbage can perfect cue the outro boys that's a wrap good night In my in my personal experiences, like the more alcohol I consume, uh, the harder my erections and the and the and the increased stamina. Are you guys even listening to what I'm saying? I don't think anyone's invited me to anything. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. Jordy Nelson tears ACL. Oh, yep. it's over. Wow, God, it just, just came, came through. through. It just came through. Wow. Are you serious? Jordy Nelson. It's over. Wow. Jordy Nelson. Wow. It's over. Wow. Well, I still won. (laughs) Uh, See ya.
Who's dying? There's 15 of us in this room. Hey, don't you get it? Hey, so long for the preseason. It's going to be all over. Wow. I thought that just came through.